Welcome to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast with your hosts, Jeremy Thake and Paul Schaeflein. Each week, you'll catch us speaking to expert developers about new tech, lessons learned, and opinions in this space. This week on the show, we have Sean Henry from Microsoft. Welcome, Sean. Hey, how's it going? Things are going great, and uh, you're a new name to me, so I assume most of our audience will not be 100% familiar with who you are, so why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Oh, man, you're in for a long story then. I've been at Microsoft for, for over over 10 years now. Right now, I'm working on Azure Communication Services, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit today. But I go back, I worked on, on Windows Phone for, for quite a while, um, and then I was in Windows um, and working on kind of cross-device cross, cross device and collaboration developer platform stuff. Okay. And what is your role here? you a program manager, I guess, of some sort, right? Yeah, of some sort, I guess. Yeah. I'm a program manager on uh, Azure Communication Services. Okay. And let's start with the basic. What is Azure Communication Services? I think, I think that's a great place to start. So it's what the name says on the box. It's communication services, um, you know, available through Azure. So like, what is that? We took kind of all of the, um, the base infrastructure that, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with from like Skype and Teams for doing audio, uh, video calls and uh, chat communication. And we made that available as like an Azure service so that, you know, developers can integrate that into their existing application so they can add voice and video chat and text chat into the applications, then also integrate those with kind of traditional telephony services like SMS and uh, and PSTN, which is public switch telephone networks. That's just the regular, you know, phone numbers that your grandma has or whatever, or your mobile phone numbers even. So that's uh, sounds like a lot of overlap. First thing that comes to my mind is uh, how is that different than the bot framework? How is it? Yeah, well, so I think I think there's a lot of uh, integration with Bot Framework, for instance. So there's a few things that Bot Framework is starting to do with being able to interact with, um, you know, a bot over the phone, and they're actually using the same infrastructure as us under the hood. Um, and we do actually have like a few samples and stuff where we integrate back and forth with Bot Framework. Um, but there is some, I wouldn't say overlap, but because we're using the same technology under the covers, but kind of different ways of getting at the same tech. Okay. And now you also said it's got voice and video calling. So is that like I could write code that says, you know, make a start a video chat with uh, someone on the other side running Teams or Skype or yeah. walk me through that a little bit. <laughs> we, we were, I mean, we were joking before this call. It's like, wouldn't we, wouldn't it be cool if we just created our own little app and started this call? And, and you could do that. You know, in a lot of our demos, we show it in about, you know, 15 minutes. Now I think we all know in reality it takes a little bit longer, but you know, I've seriously, you know, we've had customers be able to to integrate voice and video into their into their web apps in you know an hour, an hour or two, like pretty pretty straightforward. We built our API kind of uh, at at a nice kind of platform as a service level. So if you think about like in the spectrum, we have like you know you have what's called like infrastructure as a service, which is, you know, Azure VMs and storage and that kind of stuff. And you can go and build like voice and video chat applications on top of that, but it's it's hugely complicated, right? You have all these, all these libraries and media processors and stuff you got to integrate. Now, the other end of the spectrum is, you know, we can go use Teams, you know, like, like we are now. And that's like a software as a service, like a high level approach where you, you know, you license each user and then you go and, uh, 
and have voice and video that way. And we kind of fit in the middle with a platform as a service, which is that we offer these APIs and developers can build their own applications on top of those. And then we charge for consumption, like per minute of video call or per minute of voice call. Um, so it's consumption based, just like a lot of other Azure services. So while it sounds cool that I might be able to go write, you know, file new project and, and do a video chat app, it would seem a bit redundant, right? There's many services that do such things out on the market. So why have this platform as a service? What's your target? Well, so I think the target really is if you have customers where you want to maintain that customer relationship, like you don't want to have to have your customer either like log in with teams, like with a Microsoft identity or use like, like Facebook messenger or something like that. And that becomes kind of kind of a high bar in a lot of scenarios. So we call these kind of B2C scenarios where it's uh, you know a business and and they may be using like teams internally, but they don't their their customers they want to make a really slick uh, and easy experience. So like for a good example, we did a demo at, at Ignite a little while ago uh, on an application called Contoso Medical. If you're not sure if you're familiar with uh, Contoso as the Fortune 500 company. <laughs> They, they seem to pop up a lot, don't they? Yeah. So yeah. I mean, we, it's a, certainly a conglomerate, right? That's right. Yeah, they do. They seem to do everything. Um, but you know, we we built a, a demo application, uh, you know, for Contoso, and it was uh, kind of a simple telehealth like appointment application that I think all of us are probably familiar with, you know, these days, where you can go in and you can you can book an appointment with your physician, you can select a physician, or, or you can uh, you know you can browse different different services and so on available. And we were able to kind of add, show and add kind of two or three different uh, interesting Azure communication services integrations. So, like for example, you know, in this sample, uh, you know the the doctors were logging in with like an at contosomedical.com address, but the patients didn't need to log in with anything. They could have used a Contoso med email address or identity, or they could have just used like a link that was sent to them. And so they didn't have to like do that whole kind of provisioning or login process. And they could immediately get into uh, like a voice and video chat. You didn't need to like provision an AAD instance or, or do OAuth with any kind of specific service. You can kind of bring your own, we call it bring your own identity. And then to further make it even easier is we can do things with um, like SMS. So like we showed in this in this example that um, we did appointment reminders. So like when your appointments come up, like maybe an hour before your appointment, we can send you a reminder that you have a physician appointment coming up. And if you wanted to take that appointment virtually with like a video chat, there was a link in that SMS that you could just click on. Um, and again, instead of having to bring up like Teams or Facebook Messenger or something like that, it could actually be brought up within the uh, either the web app or the mobile app if they built a mobile app for their application. So, you know, it's just like one click and the video comes right up. There's no extra login step. And that's something that's really resonated a lot with, you know, with our customers is that kind of bring your own identity features. Okay. And just like a, a real presentation, now that you've gone through the slick demo, let's dive a little bit under the covers if you don't mind. So what does ACS bring to me besides this platform? Does it, do I have a control or do I have just an API or how do I get the actual video to render? What, what's the steps involved there? Yeah. So like we we entered, you know, public preview just uh, a few weeks ago and we're kind of building a bunch of stuff out, you know, as we go. But I, like right now it is really just an API. And we found that that kind of offers the most flexibility. Um, you know, there, all sorts of applications use different frameworks. Like you might have, you know, you might be using React or you might be using whatever on the web and you might have a mobile application. 
that's written specifically for Android or iOS. And so at least initially, we didn't want to, you know, be prescriptive about what UI framework or controls you can use. So you can just hook that up directly uh, into the into whatever the platform supports natively. So like, for instance, on the web, you know, it works with WebRTC that's built into, you know, all, all modern browsers. And then you can just, you know, hook that up, listen to some events and get your video directly into, you know, an HTML element. You basically, you pass in an HTML element and we render the video directly into that. Nice. So I, I can build a page however I want. Here's a div. I give you this div and that I just use CSS to style it the size that I want to match my app and everything else is done. Yeah, that's right. So that's that's the other piece that's really great is like we'd give you full we give you full control over what you want your controls to look like, where you want the you know the mute button to be, where you want the camera or microphone selector to be. So like at, at, in terms of actually building one of these applications, there's two pieces to each one of them. Like one is you have like a server side component that you have to build, and this is what does the identity kind of meshing with Azure Communication Services. So this is kind of, this would be a piece that you would build in like either ASP.NET or Node.js, and it's essentially like an API server. So you have your kind of trust relationship with Azure in your cloud service. And so that's where you get like, uh, if you go to Azure and you create one of these Azure communication services, there'll be like a token that will give you, this is your secret token. And this lives then in your cloud service. And your your cloud service then owns that connection with Azure communication services to get these tokens. And then it can pass these tokens down to your client, which would be like your website or your iOS or Android app or your Windows app or whatever. And then your client app, you know, on iOS or Android or on the web, we'll use those tokens and then talk directly to our real-time communication services. So those are kind of the two steps. So first is you kind of get this token, you pass it down to the client, and then the client uses that to, you know, like you said, just um, access the real-time communication services, get the stream, hook it up to to like a video element in, in HTML um, on a web app or like a media element on Windows or whatever. And then obviously, uh For those who do mobile development, there's equivalent hooks of some sort for the device, I'm guessing, right? So that I can access the phone camera and microphone. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, it works directly with the various video, audio video elements on, on, on Android and iOS. And now you, you said that I bring my own identity, and I think we should probably drill in a bit on that. It, it, it would seem that I can't bring my own identity to the service, but between my hosted API layer and my client, I can do whatever identity I want, right? But at some point, I do need to authenticate to the service with some type of authentication from Microsoft. Is that right? Well, you know, not necessarily. So, so like if we go back to what I was talking about with, you know, with the cloud service that owns, so there's like a shared secret. You get this access token from Azure when you create the Azure service. And that's something that you store as a secret on your cloud service. Is that kind of like I'd get for a storage account or a cognitive services? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, you know, sometimes it's called like a SaaS token or a, or a connection string. Okay. Um, you know, different services call it something different, but it's basically the same thing. And then on your back end, you can use whatever, you know, identity process you want. Like you could use you could use the, um, the ADAL or the MSAL libraries to use AAD or a Microsoft account. You could use Google or Facebook. You could even not have any authentication. You can just have like a lot of the samples that I build, there's like no authentication. If you show up and you find the website, you can authenticate. And so the, the web backend will just kind of provision that, that for you. And then your own web backend is responsible for that mapping. So it says like, if I have paul at seanco.com, as like your identity, then I would just maintain a mapping between Sean at Paul at, Paul at Seanco.com 
and like the token that I would generate for from Azure Communication Services. So those just get linked up. So there's no like inherent Microsoft identity. We just trust these tokens that you've built like a trust relationship between your service and Azure with, and then you pass those tokens onto onto the client as an application. Okay, and you said you built on top of like some or the bot framework builds on a similar foundation. So I do know like if I do a direct line token in that, I, I get I get one token I use to talk to Azure and I generate I can say give me a temporary token for my users and that kind of makes sure that those are short li- shorter lived, right? Is that fair enough the way to look at it? Yeah, it's very similar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, excellent. Okay, and then it's not just video, right? And it's so if I'm doing a chat is that going to be a similar model that I just have to give a div and that chat is then rendered for me? Or is there more work to do text conversations? Yeah. So uh, chat is very similar. I mean, the whole identity process is exactly the same, but um, you know, the APIs, the, you know, in the case of chat, for instance, they're all rest APIs uh, that we then wrap in SDKs for kind of all of the, the Azure um, kind of platforms that are supported. So like .NET and JavaScript and, and Java and, and all those things. And you'll get events when like participants are added to a chat, when they leave, when messages are sent, um, that kind of stuff. And then it's up to the application to, to render those however they want. So like we don't, we don't provide kind of out of the box a control or anything. You develop, as a developer, you're in full control of what that looks like, uh, no pun intended. Um, but we do have like, we have, for instance, we have a bunch of samples that you could probably just pull the controls from that look pretty good. Um, or you can find like one of many, you know, samples uh, that are available online for doing kind of the chat chat UI. Um, that's similar again to what, what Bot Framework does as well. So a similar kind of, kind of flow. But where Bot Framework really comes in is it when you want to add like AI and machine learning into the back end of chats. So like one of the demos that we did, again, that was really cool. This one didn't actually use Bot Framework. It used uh, Q&A Maker, which uses uh, Bot Framework under the covers. And Q&A Maker is this thing where you can literally like drop in like an FAQ or like a Word doc or whatever, and it will build like an AI that can answer questions about that document. And then when you deploy it, it kind of creates a Bot Framework thing under the covers. What we did then is we had our, our chat service that was using ACS would then talk to the Q&A maker bot service and send messages back to the user. And so this was in this Contoso medical scenario. So you could, a chat window could come up and you could say like, you know, I'm having, I have a sore knee or something like that. And then in the Q&A maker would know, okay, he's talking about his knee, then he probably needs like an orthotist or something like that. And so it said, hey, I can put you in touch with an orthotist and you can go through this AI flow. And then when the AI kind of stops working, when it gets like too specific or it can't answer the question, we can then put you in touch with like a real person. So we can then add like a real individual into that chat and they can answer questions for you. So that's kind of where you get this real synergy between Azure Communication Services and things like like Bot Framework and Cognitive Services. Right, that's that's excellent stuff. Okay, then um, you talked about a lot of different services. Is it really signing up for these individually, or is it really kind of a packaged as a, like you said as a platform? But what does that look like from the from the onboarding experience, so to speak? Yeah, so it's real simple. Like an Azure portal, you just go into you know portal.azure.com. You know, sign up if you haven't already, and you just create a communication resource. So you just search for communication resource, and that one you know access token that you'll get from there is is good for voice and video over IP, chat, and SMS and uh, telephony integration. So it's all kind of one service from an 
Azure management perspective, you'll see all the logs and the integration with events and all that kind of stuff from the one Azure portal view. And then the SDKs you work together. So the authentication SDK for getting that token, it all works the same for all the different um, types of services. And then for the different specific services, you can pick and choose what SDK you want to use. Because for instance, like the, the video SDK is a little bit thicker because there's codecs and stuff in there. So sometimes you don't want that if you're just doing chat. Um, so you can choose stuff from that perspective. So I, I kind of missed out on that whole PSTN or SMS bit. Does that mean I can, in my app, I can have it call somebody, you know, ring somebody's telephone, regular phone? Okay. Um, and, and do I need to do that in conjunction with chat and video or are these really pick your own, build your own service type of thing? Well, they're, they're kind of separate, but really you'd, you'd use them in integration with either like chat or voice and video chat, you know, with the exception of, of SMS. So kind of the first thing you would do to get that up and running, like let's say you wanted to send an SMS from your application, right? So you'd go into the Azure portal and you create an Azure communication resource. And, you know, once you've done that, there's, there's a little, you know, blade on the side that says phone numbers and you go in and you can, you can acquire a phone number from there and you can pick the type of phone number, like a 1-800 number or, or, uh, you, know, you can pick the country or location and it kind of, it's all tied into where your billing address is, what's available. And then once you pick a phone number, you've acquired that phone number and then you can send SMS, uh, messages to, you know, to anyone using that phone number. And there's kind of there's a few different ways to do that. It's it's kind of it's nice. One thing I'm re really excited about is that we, you know we offer kind of a full range from like kind of no code to pro code. I think is a term I've heard kind of passed around a little bit. We have obviously an SDK you can use .NET, and it's it's only a couple lines of code, but you can do like an SMS .send, you know, from to and message. Um, but you can also do things like we have integration with with logic apps, which kind of gives you this nice little flow, uh, a, like a visual designer for integrating all that kind of stuff. Uh, so you can basically just take um, it'll, it'll like stand up like a web a web endpoint for you. You don't have to write any code. All you have to do is hit that that web endpoint with like a post message or whatever with the payload of like who you want to send it to and what the message is. And then it'll send that SMS message right along. Yeah. So that, that connection with a logic app and or the rest of the power platform really lets me get started. I, I, I can envision I have people working at an event and I, you know, I need to, to put them to the, the west entrance instead of the east entrance. And if they're on a phone with power apps enabled location, I can say, oh, you, you know, I, I know where you're at. And I can send a text message, right, to get you to do something. That's pretty slick. I really kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, that's kind of the real, like I, the, the real value is how you can add this to your existing workflows, to your existing applications and your existing solutions. Like it's, it's definitely like a plus one kind of service. Um, you know, I don't expect people, too many people to want to go out and build like a brand new, brand new Teams or a brand new Facebook Messenger or whatever. We'd be happy if they did. I mean, that, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> um, we'd certainly meet our revenue goals pretty quickly with something like that. But it's, it's really about kind of adding it onto your existing workflows and services. So things like you can think of the number of times you just been like, man, I wish I could have just sent like an SMS to someone or, you know, I wish I could have added added a voice call to this to be able to reach out and, and talk with someone in, in my application that's doing, you know, collaboration or something like that. So are these SMS and or PSTN connections inbound as well? Or is it only me initiating it for my service? That's right. Yeah. So we, um, in the public preview, uh, inbound is not uh, up and running just yet, but that's coming real soon. Like we, we've talked about that. 
uh, a fair bit. And that's probably one of the next things on our list that we're, that we're going to add. Um, I've seen it working internally and I think we'll make it public pretty soon. Yeah, it was inbound calls combined with the cognitive services. It gets me almost like a, a, a IVR, right? Interactive voice resistant type of calls if I wanted to, right? I mean, I can see couple scenarios around that, right? Yeah. And not just IVR, but you can imagine when you can start doing like uh, machine learning and stuff on video. So you have like an inbound video stream and you can start detecting, you know, what, what particular objects are, you know, that's a car, that's a mailbox, whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So things get pretty interesting at that point. Now, do, does the platform also provide storage for me if I need to save this recording or, you know, the, or the video or the audio? There, I mean, there's a couple of things. So we have, you know, integration with, with EventGrid, especially for, for chat and SMS. So you can, you can hook that up yourself to Azure storage. Um, call recording is, what did I say? Did I say that, uh, that inbound was number one on our list? I guess call recording <laughs> is number two. Maybe, maybe one versus the other. Uh, it's definitely coming. And, and the way that that'll work is like, we'll, we'll integrate with like existing Azure storage. So you'll be able to store it in, into blob storage. Um, and, and we may have an easy button also with like an API where you just kind of ask it to record. But, um, one of the great things with kind of integrating it with existing Azure services is that you get, you get that kind of, you can treat the compliance uh, separately or specially build that. So like if you have, you know, particular logic, like you want to store all recordings for 30 days or you want to, you know, store recordings from, you know, one part of your company to another part of your company or something like that, you could build all that logic, you know, on top of the storage in Azure and then integrate it that way. Our, our real goal is to enable you to have these kind of Lego bricks in Azure that allow you to build something, uh, you know, yourself uh, that's really kind of custom to whatever your like domain or expertise is in your in your company. Yeah, that sounds pretty sweet. I, I really, I really like on that. Okay. So now, you talked about a couple, you know, item one on one A on the on the roadmap. What, what other goodies do you have that you can talk about? And to follow up with is if folks have other ideas, how do we get them in your in your roadmap? Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess item zero. If we've done one A and one B, we should talk about item zero, <laughs> which is uh, which is uh, Teams interrupt. Um, so that's something we talked a little bit about uh, at Ignite, but. You know, one of the things I'm probably most excited about is when you can use this Azure Communication Services in conjunction with Teams. So you can imagine a scenario, you know, going back to my, uh, you know, Contoso Med scenario. So imagine if all the, you know, physicians and staff um, at the hospital or the medical facility were all using Teams internally, like they deployed, you know, a full, you know, M365 suite and everyone was using Teams, but then they wanted the patients to not have to be licensed or to use Teams. They wanted them to use their custom like Contoso Medical website or applications. And that's something that will enable. So, you know, the physician who's talking or doing a video chat with their patient, they would see a Teams interface, you know, with all the chat and, and team integration and SharePoint integration that Teams has. And then their patient would see like the custom Contoso Med website, for instance, that might be a much lighter weight um, experience. It's a lot easier for them to kind of grok and handle. Um, so I think that's something that's like really, really cool is when you can kind of have the, the best of both worlds. You can have, you know, teams for, for the set of, you know, participants where that's kind of the right thing for them and that integrates with their workflow. And then the custom solution for, uh, you know, for external folks, this kind of like this B2C, this business to customer scenario. And power platform hooks to help bridge the gap and off I go, right? That's pretty sweet. Of course, exactly. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Okay. Obviously, this is new and, and, and rolling out. Where, where can folks go to find out 
what's available now and, and get started kicking the tires to get you feedback, which I assume you want feedback, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, of course. I mean, you know, the first place is we're actually on the front page of Azure.com right now, but you can certainly search for Azure Communication Services on, on Azure.com. You can get kind of our product page there that talks a lot about, you know, the services that we're offering. Um, but yeah, if you really want to engage with the team, provide feedback, um, you know, check things out. Our GitHub page is kind of the place to be. Um, so we have a GitHub page at github.com slash Azure slash communication. Um, and that's linked from the azure.com page as well. Uh, so you can get in there and we, you know, we, we track issues. We have our product roadmap there as well, um, as well as a ton of samples. And we've really got a lot of great samples, including I think by next week, we'll have the Contoso Med sample up there, um, which is the one that we showed showed at Ignite, which has kind of that full full set of functionality where we added you know both SMS, video chat, as well as cognitive services. Yeah, excellent. That, I have to find I have to find a reason to go kick the tires on <laughs> that for sure. For sure, it sounds sweet. I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys caught Scott Hanselman did a really cool demo with this where he had this um, like a smart garbage can that he that he had built. So he was like an IoT demo, <laughs> and and it would detect if like it was full, and then it would send an SMS to. To his teenage son that would say like empty the trash it's full <laughs> so i thought i thought that was pretty clever <laughs> oh that's awesome oh but you know that's a whole you know that kind of leads the me to think what if, what if i have iot cameras of some sort can i wire those into this service as well and then not have have my own uh database of whatever Right. There's another opportunity, right? Yeah. I think that's a really cool one. I think, uh, you know, you could imagine that, you know, you would add a camera to like a Raspberry Pi or some IoT device. Now, often, you know, I guess in those cases, like the machine learning and recognition is done on the client. Um, but certainly, you know, you could use one thing that would be interesting, you know, you could use something like Azure Media Services to kind of monitor that video feed. And then, you know, when it detects something like, you know, a dog walking in front or whatever, you could then open up a direct, uh, you know, one-to-one uh, video communication with Azure Communication Services. That'd be kind of like like a smart doorbell kind of, uh, kind yeah. of thing that you could build yeah. um, or a smart intercom. Yeah. Or a kiosk in the lobby because we don't want to necessarily have, you know, contact until we've, you know, established who's coming in the door type of stuff, right? So lots yeah, of opportunity yeah, exactly. there in this day and age, right? Yeah. Oh, man, that's, yeah. man, my brain is spinning, man. You got me, you got me started now. I, <laughs> if you could just find a way to make more hours in the day. <laughs> I know. Every time I have one of these conversations, my list of like hack projects just grows longer and longer. <laughs> Well, awesome, awesome. So, if um, you mentioned that folks on GitHub, are, are you on the social media? Is that a good way folks wanted to have, ping you and get questions, or any way if they can reach out to you or the team? Yeah, I think you know if you if you want to reach out to the team, certainly through like issues on GitHub uh, is a great way. We that's kind of probably. Our, our most responsive thing. There's tons of folks on the team that are monitoring that. I'm not, I'm not hugely on on the Twitters, but uh, you can hit me up uh, at Sean Henry uh, on Twitter, and and I'll I'll respond to you there. But don't be surprised if you don't see too much in my uh, in my feed. Yeah, well, so we'll we'll certainly put a link to the GitHub uh, issues list uh, if that's where folks are, are are talking. That we'll certainly want to get folks in front of there. So with uh, as you said, more more and more hack projects that you never know what will overcome. So I really appreciate you taking the time, and I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna get in your calendar six months from now, maybe after build or whatever's next, and and see you know what's what's the latest releases if you don't mind, because there's a lot of opportunity here, and I think folks would have fun uh, hearing about it. So thanks a lot. Yeah, this was great. I'm really excited. Yeah, we got some really great stuff coming down. So uh, definitely we'll stay in touch. All right. Thanks. Thanks 
for listening to the Microsoft 365 Developer Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at M365DevPodcast and check out our show notes at www.M365DevPodcast.com. To help us spread the word, we'd really appreciate it if you could retweet our episode tweets and give us a review on iTunes. 